I want to go outside. This is Corey, and this is the O the Anthem podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 311 of the O the Anthem podcast, coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. Uh, it's the best way to... Uh, listen to us wherever uh, you may find us. Absolutely. On whatever podcatcher you may use. Almost forgot to button up. Sorry <laughs> about that, Corey. It's going to be hard for people to hear you. Like that. <laughs> this is how you go out in L.A. now, by the way. <laughs> I see so many people wearing surgical masks and gloves and like just, just a little picking education. up dog shit. <laughs> well, education for everybody. This looks makes me look like uh, Sub-Zero. So there is a cool factor on top of it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Also, it has an activated charcoal filter on the inside with vents that vent through the uh, charcoal. Uh, this is what you call an N95P 2.5 mask, which means that it stops all particles that are greater than 2.5 microns, and it has a standard. It stops 95% of the things that would come in. This will keep you safe from a virus. And Rob purchased it way before people started purchasing. <laughs> They're Corona-related uh, materials. So that's right, because uh, Rob had to take a flight in January, and I think there were maybe four cases at that point. And I was yeah. like, "Rob ain't no dummy. <laughs> I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna take the chance of uh, Corona." And all of that preparation brought me to this point in my life where I'm like 90% sure I have Corona. So that's uh, I'm, how that works. I'm hoping that you just have a awful cold yes that would be amazing have you ever prayed for the flu because i'm praying (laughs) for the flu but before we get into all of that of course we want to make our first stop a little discussion about sports ball and of course update live sports on television Corey. no no all right well You'd think we wouldn't have much to talk about, but uh, I, you know it's funny. The uh, all the sports podcasts I've listened to uh, recently <laughs> have been talking about old games that they're showing. Like on, a, it's like, hey, did you see that the World Series Game Seven Mets Red Sox was on TV the other day? I watched yep. that for a little while. That was fun. Uh, MLB Twenty Twenty glitches are getting a lot of play on baseball Twitter. <laughs> Um, Man, that Orioles player is just staring daggers at that. Girl. Who, who, it, what player was it supposed to? be? I don't think it's supposed to be any player in okay. particular. I think it's a sort of like generic Oriole on bench. I was trying like, to like figure out. I'm like, I don't even know who on the team that would be. Like Aubrey Huff, he doesn't play for us anymore. <laughs> like, what guy looks like a Nazi youth? Um, I don't know, but uh, yeah. If you haven't seen, the it. only thing missing is like the tongue out going like, yeah. yeah, very, very, uh, like, uh, it puts a lotion in the basket. Kind of creepy. Um, and was that supposed to be Amber Theo Harris, by the way? No, it's supposed to be just like whatever the, apparently they have a sideline reporter in MLB the show now. Oh, I, don't know. Okay. I haven't gotten it yet, so I don't know. Ooh. I don't know what, uh, uh, maybe I'll get sick and then I'll just be like, oh, I'm just gonna play video games all day. As opposed to like, hey, I just uh, I feel like playing video games. <laughs> it's all day, Tuesday, so. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, uh, oh, so it's just a generic, again, made up character in the in the game. Well, I'm sure it's a real person. Yeah, like well, the the sideline reporter. Yeah, like, uh, but I don't know who it is in particular. Okay, so it did look a little like Amber Theo Harris, though, right? Am I, I think am I all of them kind of look like Amber. I think that's the type. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. But she was an Orioles reporter who then got knocked up to the big leagues, and uh, she's on MLB. NFL. NFL, NFL Network. That's right, yeah. NFL Network now. Yeah. 
Congratulations, Amber. <laughs> Three years later, <laughs> five years later, whatever the case may be. Her contract's <laughs> up. She's actually not back for uh, 2020. Uh, and you, speaking of people who's contracts. You always know when somebody's... Uh, when somebody has broken through to some level mm-hmm. and you're talking about them, like it's like, hey, you remember when Amber Theo Harris was on Masson? That was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Just like I was, I was having a thing about like thinking about like whenever Jane Miller decides to hang him up one day. Yeah, and it's just like somebody's gonna be watching TV going like, you're not Jane Miller. <laughs> I uh, have been listening to... Why aren't um, you Jane Miller and why aren't you talking like her? There's a podcast about uh, Atlanta, uh, the Atlanta child killer. Uh, It's called Monster. Anyway, third season is about the DC sniper. Yeah. And it's so weird because... What's his name? God, now his name escapes me. But he's a reporter in D.C. And I always knew him as like, oh, the guy you see on TV at 7 p.m. Right. He was that guy. And he reported on it. Now he's on CNN and he's like that, not their night guy, but he's like their fill guy. So relative fame, you know, given that people are going to be working from home a lot. Yeah. Uh, And so he's on this podcast. I'm like, I know you. Tony Harris. Tony Harris. Okay. From uh, WBAC in or WABC in D.C. But uh, anyway, his voice is so comforting. And now when I listen to the podcast, I'm like, I now I remember why I watched uh, ABC two news. It's so comforting. I think that's why I like Ken Burns baseball so much. Same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Just the comforting voice to take you to a nice place. But uh, nothing like the sport of baseball. If Corey hadn't (laughs) stepped on my transition, let's go back to that and say, oh, someone else (laughs) whose contract might not have been renewed. And in fact, wasn't Tom Brady. Yes. No longer a New England Patriot. So sad. 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 Uh, I just think of that. uh, A thousand angels teardrops falling (laughs) upon New England. Zombieland 2 meme of uh, Woody Harrelson just like. <laughs> just money yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, so uh we won't have to deal with Tom in uh in New England anymore. And yeah. uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have decided to give him a go at thirty nine years old. I like the uh I follow a, a Bucks fan on Insta and he uh posted on his story uh if you're not with us when our when we're seven and nine, don't be with us when we're eight and eight. <laughs> <laughs> Now, see, I would like to think that Tom has a bigger impact than that. I mean, yeah, I mean, like I, I would it, it feels an awful lot like the type of move that a team makes every once in a while when they're just like, fuck it, we're in like <laughs> like when Alex Rodriguez went to the Rangers and it's just like, fuck it, we'll figure it out later. We got Alex Rodriguez like the Bucks who have been for their entirety, like hopeless, <laughs> yeah. have, like uh, finally signed Tom Brady. And it feels like they're just with that one act, an air of legitimacy has come across the. I, I think it's also the balance of like knowing that you, he might not be the form of Tom Brady that he was 10 years ago. Right. But he's also not Jameis Winston, who <laughs> you have no idea who's going to show up on Sunday. Like, is the college quarterback going to show up or is the professional NFL game playing quarterback? <laughs> he's going to throw 5,000 yards. I just don't know how it's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, uh, four interceptions for 470 <laughs> yards. Uh, but uh, so I think there's a level of that. And by the way, they're in the NFC South, right? Yeah. Where a nine and seven might get you in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, like, really, you got the uh, the Saints. Yeah. And I don't think the Panthers are going to be very good this year. And I don't think the Falcons will be as good. I mean, like, I think they'll be better than they were last year. But I don't think the Falcons are, like, playoff worthy. Even so Todd Gurley? <laughs> I mean, I think that uh, he's not quite the girly he used to be, if you will. I saw a good meme that was like, uh, 
total points scored in a Super Bowl because it had now the uh, Falcons are putting out the like yeah the, the Todd Gurley's on all their promotional stuff. And it's like twenty eight and it's circling Matt Ryan and um, Julio Jones, and then three circling. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, hey, we can get it up to thirty one now. <laughs> Yay! The uh, the one that is really kind of confusing me at the moment is like. I just don't get why Todd Gurley, like, I, I get why he, like, you know, signed with Atlanta and stuff yeah. like that. I just, I, I'm, like, still flabbergasted by why the Rams gave him all that money and then cut him, like, a season later. Like, I mean, maybe. I, they I mean, had time to, like, they didn't have to sign him to that extension right then. And you then, know who else didn't have to sign someone to an extension? The Orioles did not have to sign Chris Davis. No. And yet they did, <laughs> and we are paying the price for that. Yeah, and but. We should cut him. To be cut him, you know what? Be done with. You know what? I I've been wanting to say this for a little while. Uh, we we have to ride with the highs and the lows of this. True. So uh, I'm just gonna put it out there. Chris Davis has not gotten hit in weeks, (laughs) and I'm not of the mind to keep him on the roster if he's gonna continue doing this. I mean, it looked promising for a little while. He was getting hits. Yeah. On a consistent basis, but like it's literally been like three weeks since he last got a hit. I mean, I think more important than that is that. He's not even showing up for work. Anymore. I know. You know, I know. At least we could say the at bat. He's going up. He's taking swings. It's bad. No, now he's not even showing up for work. He's getting all fat and happy. <laughs> <sighs> uh, but yeah, speaking of, of uh, fat and happy players, uh, maybe unhappy players, uh, Tom Brady <laughs> in Tampa Bay. Do you think he went for the money or did he go because he just wanted to keep playing and Belichick was like, no, you're done? Well, I don't think that Belichick necessarily said you're done. I just think that. Belichick has this thing where like he doesn't want to pay for past performance and for a long time I think he was able to sort of keep Brady close by being like listen stay with me and you could just be the best quarterback ever in the history of the NFL and win all these Super Bowls and Tom Brady's like all right well I guess that's worth it for me to sign 10 million dollars a year and like everyone else is getting like Flacco's like doubling up his contract and stuff like that but Tom Brady's also getting sponsorship deals that that yeah I mean like Flacco's uh, and and Brady's making money for sure beyond the contract that he makes but Gucci and Maritime Bank or whatever that bank (laughs) Um, not not equal but the uh first Mariner first Mariner Bank that's what it is first First Mariner Mariner Bank hi the- <laughs> i'm joe flacco <laughs> i don't know why you gave him a baltimore act. oh that's right he's got the delaware the delaware uh i don't i always just think it, i think of joe with that dumbass dundalk accent i cannot think of anything else just his face makes me think of a dundalk accent hmm. the delaware accent is just as boring as delaware is it's hi my name is joe flacco <laughs> <laughs> as if he's reading a script on the first mariner commercial hi i'm joe flacco First Mariner Bank makes me excited about life. I'm Joe Flacco. Do you like hookers and cocaine? <laughs> I do. They have First Mariner has convenient ATMs all over the city where you can get right before you meet your drug dealer or go to the strip club. Join First Mariner Bank and become a VIP like me. Look at all these locations. <laughs> First Mariner <laughs> Bank. Uh no, but I mean like I, I think that I think that uh Tom was like, "Hey, listen, this is my last chance to get paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you want me to stay with your team, I would, I would like to, but I would like to get paid." Yes. And then he knew that wasn't going to happen. Yes. So, uh, Belichick was like, "All right, we'll see ya." And I think this is both an opportunity for Brady and Belichick. I think this is secretly what they both wanted. Yes. Can we win without I, the other? Yeah, I think yeah. they both want to prove each, to each other that they could win without the other. And yeah. I think you know there there would have been discussion 
of Belichick retiring maybe at some point. But now I feel like he's sort of like hate works his way through a couple more seasons to try and like I'm gonna build another team and I'm gonna take him to the Super Bowl without Tom Brady <laughs> I'm gonna sign Matt Leiner to make him my starting quarterback Matt Leonard hasn't played in the league in 15 years hmm yeah there's a guy sounds in, like quite a challenge there's a guy in LA named Corey bought that liner jersey really want to make him proud <laughs> didn't want to make him feel like an idiot <laughs> that is a true story correct you do have in fact have a Matt mm-hmm. Leiner jersey yeah yeah Rushed out and bought it. Thought it was going to be the star. Mm. <laughs> well, no, it it was a uh, it was a uh, for whatever reason I got into got into it with somebody. I was like, I I don't know why all these teams sign these awful quarterbacks. Mm-hmm, like I, mm-hmm. I I I can see so clearly. Like every draft, I'm like, not Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning. Like I'm picking mm-hmm. picking winners left and right. And then I was just like, there's no way Matt Liner doesn't succeed in the NFL. Yep. And then it was just like this going back and forth with whoever the other quarterback in that draft was. <laughs> also was not like, playing in the NFL. Like, I'm right going to buy the fucking jersey. That's how much. <laughs> that did not pan out as planned. Uh, although you could wear it wherever he's going to be, you know, broadcasting. Well, the- now Roberto has a jersey he could wear when he wants to go watch football with us. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the Cardinals fan doesn't have a Cardinals jersey. Who does? Corey. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, for reasons that defy explanation. <laughs> um, so one other thing uh, in sports ball this week. And it that- was also during my dumb years, just as a thing. Like It, mm-hmm. it was like I just paid off a credit card, and I had a $0 balance, and I was like, why not buy a jersey? I, I got a $250 max. <laughs> I can afford it. <laughs> uh, but one other thing for sports ball, before we let this get out of control. Um, and that is the NFL once again got one over, although we didn't really, I think we said it when it happened. Like, I feel like there's something in the CBA. That's I don't think we even talked over. about it. We, we cause it, it, it was right in the middle of all the madness of the last couple of weeks. No, like, it, I feel like, cause I, I almost explicitly remember you saying they agreed to this too quickly. There is something in here is going to screw over the players. And I was just like, uh, I mean, I guess we'll see. And then two weeks, three weeks later, now here we are. And, uh, essentially what the NFL teams are doing are putting uh, clauses, which are not, you know, I don't want to say it's bad. It's not a bad clause. But they, the player has to pass the physical whenever the physical can be given to him. Mm-hmm. So there's players who are signing right now, Tom Brady. Right. Who Todd can, Gurley. Yeah, Todd Gurley, who cannot be given a physical right now because the teams are also saying, hey, coronavirus, we're not uh, having people come in. So yeah. don't get your— Don't but, fly to Tampa. Right. But they are paying the signing bonuses that are agreed to because contractually the CBA says we have to pay them yep. on signing. However, they're saying if you don't pass the physical at whatever point we decide to give you one, you owe us that money back. Now, we'll still owe you the contracted amount for the years, but we don't owe you the signing bonus. And there is no allocation for like, hey, if the whole season is delayed and you get in a car accident somewhere yeah. that you would still keep your signing bonus money. So, again, I think it's one of those things where, like, a, a seasoned negotiator might have thought ahead and gotten that. And someone like, I don't know, Corey, who said, some may write about this agreement. <laughs> they came back and approved that way too fast. Uh, I mean, I think the overall problem is that, like, it, and whenever we've talked about nego- uh, labor negotiations in sports, it's usually two people who everyone in the world hates going up against one another. <laughs> it's Bud Selig and Donald Fair, or like, yeah, it's just like you gonna It might as well be Hitler versus Hitler. Like it, it just feels like you're picking the two worst people, and like you don't want to root for either one of them, and and the the standstill, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like even though you, uh, like I like to think of myself as like pro player over ownership. 
there's still like a part of me like I don't want fair to win though. <laughs> kind of want a stupid face to be rubbed in it well and i mean i and think maurice smith who, who is the nfl players association rep and like does all their is the head of their negotiating and stuff yeah. like that like just like every single time there's a new contract it seems like he runs in there like i'm just so excited to be in the room like <laughs> like stop that don't do that yeah I, I just i feel like whenever no matter how much pro player whatever the organization is that you still are like i don't like the people who are on tv i like jj watt yeah. He was very vocal about his position when it comes to, to the collective bargaining agreement and the way that the union is running itself. But I don't ever see J.J. Watt being like, you know what? Now I'll put me up. I'll uh, I'll go be uh, one of the reps in the. Well, I think I think uh, there's like a certain number of player reps who are like yeah. voted on. But like D. Murray Smith is just like the head of the players union. Yes. And he's like long retired. So that, and I mean, that's, that's sort of a full time job. You have to ha- you can't you can't be starting left at left outside linebacker for the Texans and head of the NFLPA. I mean, I think that you could, (laughs) he's a talented guy, Corey. Why are you questioning what JJ Watt could do? You think, you think he's too dumb for the role? I mean, that what you said, he's an awfully large man. I don't know why you would make fun of him like that. (laughs) Judging based on the commercials I've seen in quarantine recently, (laughs) he's got a brother named TJ and another one named Derek who I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Derek likes a very unique sandwich. Apparently I, I don't really know what that's about, but, um, it's one of those things where I, I, you don't want to cheer for anyone. You want to cheer for the I players. Feel, I feel so sorry for the Watts mother. <laughs> it's like the thing from Family Guy where it's like giving birth to the 18 <laughs> Elephant, <punch>. elephant <laughs> child born. Uh, but maybe they were small babies. You don't know. Maybe they gave them all HGH when they were kids. I don't, you can't tell. Who's to say? This baby's too small. It's the HGH. Um, we don't usually recommend that for infants. But nah, pump them up. These it's guys fine. look like they might be football players. Uh, but just yeah, so this once it's one of those things where you don't want to cheer for anybody because you don't like any of the refs uh yeah we're going to talk about dc in a little bit and that's basically it too you don't want to cheer for any of these crappy sides but uh the nfl uh will always get my ire it does i mean just you know you have a monopoly and uh and the the owners are just like the worst ever and but then they turn it on they turn because it's like ugh, the ticket prices inevitably come down to, to player salaries, right? Like that's the way that the owners make us feel. Well, so all the, all the money that the NFL gets sort of goes into a pot. Right. And the, uh, a certain percentage of the ticket costs is to the individual teams. Mm-hmm. And then a certain percent goes towards like salaries and stuff like that. And then the TV contracts also go towards the salaries, but basically how it works out is the NFL Players Association had 47% to the NFL's 53% before, and now it's 48-52. But it's a multi-billion dollar business, so where 1% means a lot of money. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, they're about to renew the TV rights soon. So, uh, you know, the, the salary cap number which they have right now, which is based off of the fluctuating operating budget of the NFL yeah. and almost always goes up, uh, is going to go up tremendously here in the next couple years probably because a new contract will come out and you'll say like oh wow there's an extra 50 million dollars in the salary cap but that also means that's another 50 million dollars for each one of the owners yeah and uh i mean of course they're going to give that to the players to play an extra game (laughs) for the well to be fair that part was negotiated to uh uh all the contracts will change to you know (laughs) 
Make you, it easy. If you were signed for $16 million a year, you yeah. would normally get a million dollars for each game check. Yes. Uh, under the logic where we're now going to have 17 games, you would just have your amount changed to $17 million. Yes. So, And every new contract has to be drafted with the anticipation that there might be an right. extra game down the road. So. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that uh, here, let me get back to that. Now. That's uh, oh wait, I didn't select it yet, but that's uh, sports ball for us. <laughs> and just hold on before we're done with the splash. Let me grab that for your consideration. We're not allowed to go outside. Oh, oh, it's a new excuse <laughs> every single week with this guy. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I was listening to uh, <laughs> Boris Johnson earlier. And yeah. he was just like, uh, uh, we're now recommending that people don't get together in groups bigger than two. And I'm just like, it's not quite a group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's more like a pair. Uh, uh, also, not sure that that would stop anything. Because I feel like that just means that like, pairs are going to start pairing up. And then that just spreads it faster. Triangulate. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I'm going to go hang out with this friend. And then I'll go hang out with that friend. Because we all three can't hang out together. And we might all three hang out six you know, four or five feet away from each other, but instead we're all going to just be one-on-one um, doing that. Uh, what do we see in Blade Runner? The uh, acting space, which is not real personal space. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, there was a, we were rewatching Blade Runner last night and there was a, a scene where it looked really good on the, the way that it was positioned on the screen, but Framed then you, perfectly. Yeah. but then you realize that in real life, the two actors were probably like six inches apart from one another, trying to act like they were like, a foot and a half apart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a normal amount of distance. It's just like, oh, man, it, that had to be uncomfortably <laughs> close. Uh, Again, it looks great on camera. You never know the difference. But at and the, that's the point. At the moment, the two of them were whispering sweet nothings into each other's faces. <laughs> Except for Harrison Ford. He doesn't wear a lab, so he is not whispering anything. It's like, we need you to project. Yeah. <laughs> talking Harry, loudly project. into the studio later when they're re-recording his dialogue. But... Um, Maybe a little bit of, in, in all of this negativity, we got one bit of positive news that we can share in four-year consideration this week. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein has corona. So so my question now is, yes. uh, how do I get corona's PR team? Because they're really doing everything they can to try and switch the public opinion on this, aren't yeah, they? Well, see, they went to Tom Hanks first, and then they were like, we miscalculated. We misjudged this issue. Let's find somebody else. Fuck you, corona. <laughs> It's like, oh, you got Weinstein, too. It's like, all right, maybe you ain't so bad. <laughs> wait, wait, I get to work from home. Weinstein's got it. Yeah, this could be all right. I don't really think it's so horrible. <laughs> oh, and as long as you're a person in your 30s, all it really does is make you feel like shit for a couple days. So, Whereas um, if you're a uh, raping scumbag, <laughs> then it has really in terrible... In a very cold, pri- cold and drafty prison, <laughs> yeah. could be bad for you. Yes. Um I wonder almost if somebody like slipped him a little Corona <laughs> thinking that like maybe this will get him out of like Rikers for a little while. Like I was, I was thinking the opposite, that it was like a, it was a jailhouse hit. They get the guy with Corona <laughs> coughing on his plate before they slide it through the glass. You just know? like when you when you shiv somebody, it's yeah. just somebody with like a hypothermic needle with Corona in it. It's just like, ah, even ah, fuck you. Transmission's <laughs> even easier. You walk up to him and just like, <laughs> like, oh, he got me. Ah. I'm going to kill your mother. <laughs> Which is exactly what Weinstein would say. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, that one bright spot that, uh, you know, um, he's a 70-year-old man, right? Late, yeah, late something 60s, like that. Early 70s. 67, I think. And he is not in the best of health, and he is also in a very uh, formidable healthcare environment. So could be bad. 
Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, yeah. go, we'll circle around on that one. Um, but uh, more uh, closer to home, uh, we finally have been so personally impacted by Corona that I feel like I have to shift my entire worldview now uh, because we were looking for things to do this week and uh, there was there wasn't a lot to do. No, no. Uh, our go tos are food and movies, <laughs> and um, both of them have been taken away from us. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, to the point that sometimes we order the food and it says it's being cooked and it says it's being delivered and place wasn't open to begin with. <laughs> but um, most importantly to me, at least, uh, last week on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, I guess for the, all of the chains, but all of the movie chains nationally said they were closing their doors for at least six weeks uh, to make sure that um, they weren't making the problem worse rather than better. Yeah. And uh, I don't, you didn't go with us when we went to see bloodshot on Saturday morning. No, but they were enforcing social distancing at that point where it was just like, they could see the pair, like the pairs or the triplets of people together. And they're just being like, Hey, we'd like to invite you to move further down the row. Like clearly these three are together. Yeah. You three are not. Let's spread it out a little bit since we have Which, space. You know what? Honestly, I wouldn't mind if that, if that, uh, carried on. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I I know they they put these seats right next to each other, but I wouldn't mind a little bit of space. I'm down. I mean, I like, honestly, I like it personally. Could they have stayed open if they just removed some of the seats or just like <laughs> marked them off and like, hey, no groups bigger than four. <laughs> you go to a theater in England, it's just two seats. Yeah, <laughs> just two seats in the whole theater. Just, ah. oh, I was wondering, if it was sold out. <laughs> Personal viewing experience, I enjoy. Um, but a, a side, uh, kind of a side note to that is that in the heart of the best. Part of movie season, March, <laughs> <laughs> where all the hot properties come out. When you think of the hot properties in movies, you think of March. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of uh, movies are having to adjust. Uh, James Bond has been pushed indefinitely. Yep. Uh, Fast and the Furious has been pushed one entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of movies are now uh, not being pulled because there's nowhere to pull them from, I guess. But they are being pushed to VOD. Ahead of time. Well, some of them are. Yeah. So uh, I think it's a, a very select group of movies that are, are being sort of selected for this sort of thing, mostly because they were in theaters right now and there was no way to go see them anymore. So yeah, your options for getting them out there in front of the public eye were VOD pretty much. And, and it, it comes down to like, oh, well, some people saw this and some people who might have seen it didn't. Right. See this. So what are we going to do now? Yeah, so we watched The Hunt, yes. uh, paid $20 for it to watch it at home, and I think that it's a interesting idea for where we'll be in the future, but I also wouldn't get too comfortable with it, because uh, basically how the the movie industry works is that you give the theaters an exclusive window to show them in theaters before you can put it out on DVD or VOD or anything like that. So that the theaters can make their buck before you go out and try. Because if everyone knows that the DVD will come out in two weeks, then nobody would go see the movie in theaters, you know? Well, I mean, I think some people still would. We still would. I like the theater viewing experience of, like, being there and going to do it. Right. But, I mean, like, the the number of people. Like, if you don't see a movie. If, if, if you knew that it was going to be on VOD in two weeks and you missed it in its first week, you might do that, like, well, I don't, I don't have to go this week. I mean, I think that uh, I might focus on seeing movies in theaters that I knew weren't going to be at VOD in a week. Because right. like sometimes it gets real packed and it's like, what are we going to see? Well, I mean like, so it's the same logic with like, you know, all the Netflix movies that get pushed to theaters. Like 
it was hard for me to rationalize going to go see the Irishman in theaters. Yeah. Because I could only see it at places that I'd have to pay exorbitant fees for it. Like, you know, like Alamo's not cheap. Arclight's not cheap. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go to one of those theaters pretty much. Also, it was four hours long. Also, <laughs> like literally two weeks away, I could watch it at home. Yeah. So like it changed. It didn't do well in the box office because people knew. Yeah. It was coming to coming home. So the, I, eh, and and the the big screen viewing experience uh, wouldn't ma- wouldn't make up for that. But then there are some movies that just are much better on the big screen. I mean, I'd want to see a Fast and the Furious movie on sure. the big screen. There's no way it's not better. And yeah. I mean, as much as I hate saying it, Prime is for Fast and the Furious movies. Just the good screen, the good sound. Or the Dolby. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, I, I don't think that, that will end. But let's say that every movie, every major movie was available on VOD two weeks after it came out. Do you really think that you would go see less movies? I mean, I think I would still go see the same number of movies, maybe a little bit less, mm-hmm. but I would probably, I mean, it, it depends on the price point too. Cause I mean, like there if it's go. AMC where I can go and see it for the monthly fee that I pay for and I'm sort of seeing movies for free at a certain point once yeah. I, I've gone to a certain number. <laughs> Here in LA, that's the second movie that we <laughs> see for free. Yeah. I, my one and a half movie, like basically every one of them is free. So yeah, uh, I, I think that. If it's see it at home, pay 20 bucks, then I'd rather go see it at the theater. Yeah. But that's the that's the problem. That's the calculation, because like the reason why theaters have been opposed to doing this besides the windowing problem is just that how much money can you possibly make on VOD to make up for the fact that you're not going to get the theatrical window like and Mm. honestly, I think that this is a thing for maybe a decade from now when you have like. A Disney Plus Plus service where yeah. it's like you could pay ten dollars a month or whatever for the regular Disney Plus, or you could play pay fifty for the Plus Plus, and the day Avengers comes out, you can watch it on Disney Plus Plus. Yeah, or like you know, like whatever the case may be. But again, I think Avengers is a movie where I would want to see it in the theater, just like the the nice projector and the good sound makes a difference in watching a movie. Like, oh that. yeah, but I'm saying like there's going to be a a market for that just in, I mean, like there's a, a market in the parents saying like, please Disney take my money. <laughs> That's also true. Cause I have yes. children. If you could say toy story five is available today and you don't have to go to the theaters with the kids. Yeah. They could just watch it at home all day. You know, some somebody's going to say that's worth six hundred dollars a yep. year, you know? And I mean, logically, we saw it for five dollars a person. So that's yeah. even though it's twenty dollars for it and we would usually be able to go see it at AMC for free. It levels on basically free. And if we weren't under quarantine, we could have maybe invited over two, three more people. And now we bring that price down to $2.50 a person. Yeah. Which is less than we are going to spend on refreshments there. So. Right. And you get the ability to, like, sort of stop it if you need to. You yeah. can, you know, like, oh, shit, I got a call. Like, you know, whatever the case may be. Like, And uh, we had it for 48 hours. So mm-hmm. if you didn't feel like you got it the first time around. Well, I mean, Roberto had to go through a second screening yes, where he yeah. was examining all the guns. See, now you're making the- arguments for why I don't want VOD. <laughs> I don't want it on VOD. Um, but so, I mean, I guess we'll see. Uh, you brought up in the preacher meeting that, they, uh, that this was an idea years ago um, that uh, Sean Parker had for an in-home viewing experience. Yeah. And, and some people still have that. I think Adam Carolla has it, if I remember correctly. It was not very popular. It, it, I think it sort of went out into like a beta and yeah. they tried it. And 
you know, like when they did the Google Glass beta and it was like these cost $20,000 and it's like, well, I'll wait till it's not in beta. Well, and so then people <laughs> like, like Adam Carolla have it. I think he says on like, again, last time I listened to his podcast, he pays like 125 a movie to watch it first week at his house. I thought it was 50, but it might it, it might be higher than that. I mean, it might have just gone up. Yeah. Less people use it. And then Adam's just like, I don't give a shit. Like 125 is nothing to me. And I have a home theater. I rather right. just watch it at my house instead of carting all my kids out uh, and their friends out to the movie theater. So, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, if if you're if you're rich enough that you can afford to pay you know, for the convenience of being able to see it at home, then yep. I, I guess it works out. And you don't have to worry about infecting your whole family with Corona. Well, the uh, so real quick, just before we get out of this, yeah. I did hear rumors and Ooh. I don't know if how legitimate these rumors are, but uh, if Corona were to continue uh, uh, later in the year than people thought that uh, Warner might do Wonder Woman 84, on VOD. streaming, yeah, on v- VOD, like they did with uh, Hunt. So uh, they didn't release Hunt, but uh, Universal did. But I'm saying like Warner would do the same thing, um, and that one I think would be the interesting test case. Yeah, because that's a big movie that a lot of people would want to go see in theaters if they release it on VOD. And maybe this is just sort of like a we're never going to make our money back on this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a theatrical window. So why don't we just release it on VOD and use it as like a uh, a uh a test case test case yeah and sort of see how it works like i i i think that might be interesting that would be the one to watch see how much how much sales are on that i would however be disappointed because again wonder woman is the one that i want to go see on the big screen with the premium everything yeah uh or maybe they do both they release it on vod and then nine weeks later when we can finally go back to the theater (laughs) they release it again yeah yeah yeah. hey everybody you like this you want to see it in a much better format come to the theater and pay 19 dollars to see it i mean sorry amc no plus or no uh, stubs (laughs) it would be uh it would be it would be really tough to to figure out if that would actually work but somebody would need to do something like water woman to, to figure it out so uh Keep in mind, or just uh, keep an eye out for it. See see what happens. Um, on to the more pressing news. Yes. The corona everywhere. Yes. Uh, and uh, I am dying. Uh, well, we don't know that for sure yet. Sure. Wait. I don't have a positive test. Let's wait, let's wait until I poke you with a stick a couple times before we make that kind of a judgment. I... I Enjoy, though, that uh, I talked to my doctor and uh, she was just like, you know what? Um, Unfortunately, you don't qualify for the test to see whether or not you have the thing. And I'm like, I don't qualify for the test. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. How would I uh, how would I qualify for the test? Well, you got to be in the ER or we have to be like ready to admit you from urgent care. Okay. so what you're saying (laughs) is I have to be real sick. Oh, mm, professional. So what you're saying is I have to be real sick in order for me to find out why I am real sick. Yeah. Like, yeah, basically. Okay, cool. So what what should I do in the meantime? Like, uh, okay, don't let it, it honestly, now that I think about it, it was a lot like a pregnancy. Don't let it go too far before you go to the hospital. <laughs> but you also don't want to go too soon. So just, you know, as a layman, find that window where you think it's very serious, but not not too serious and not too not serious either. Yeah. Like, okay, thanks doc. I'll, uh, I'll work on that. I sort of heard like, if it feels like the flu, then see if you can ride it out. If it feels like pneumonia, then go to 
Yeah, unfortunately. But like pneumonia doesn't have like a feel to it per se. I've never had pneumonia, so I don't even know what it feels like. But uh, I was describing symptoms and she was just like, yeah, based on your uh, uh, social history, your recent social history and your symptom description, I would say you're high risk for, for having it. But the problem is we were also at a time where a common cold or a flu mixed with seasonal allergies, which I do have already, could produce these symptoms. So as long as you can ride it out at home, just ride it out at home. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. I'm going to do that. So oh, we've, I've gone for a walk on three consecutive days. Yep. I feel like that's helped with the breathing. Um, I got my handy dandy mask. Uh, I've already infected the roommate, so uh, nothing, I may be, nothing I can do. I may be per, I may be patient zero <laughs> around the place here, but otherwise uh, pushing through and just trying to uh, keep track of very important numbers like forty one thousand people. Yeah, in confirmed cases, and I love that the C. I got this number from the CDC. There's a star next to it, and I was like, I wonder what that star could be. So I scrolled down to the very bottom. 41,000 confirmed cases that we know of by testing. Yes. Uh, And with a note that said testing was not widely available before some date that was like a week ago. Um, So they're basically saying like, we have no idea because there's people like, you know, Rob sitting at home who may have it, but we're not going to confirm. Well, on top of that, we also have the 485 deaths in America. Yes. From that on top of the 16,000 deaths. Globally, and the 367,000 cases globally. And I, the thing is, I said that to someone earlier on Twitter, and I just felt like uh, in one of my fake accounts, not my main account. <laughs> uh, what is a Finsta, but on Twitter? I have a lot of those. But, um, and it was just like, well, yeah, that's such a low death percentage. I'm like, yeah, but if you were one of the 485, you'd have some questions about like, or if you're a family member, I guess yeah. you, you wouldn't have questions. Right. But your family member would be like, hey, <laughs> I'm <the> good. <laughs> Um, and we had our two youngest confirmed cases this week, uh, an infant who may or may not have been born, uh, with the disease passed from mother, or it may have been like passed in the birthing process and a 34 year old, which was insanely scary, uh, in Echo Park right here in LA. But, uh, someone who had just literally just finished chemo for like, I'd beat cancer and then the compromised immune system, uh, could not deal with the, with coronavirus. So one of those sad things. And I was like, Wait, wait, you say 34? Yeah. And then, like, I, you, I'm like, I got to read the whole story. I can't just go with the thing and it, you read down. You're like, oh, yeah, compromised immune system. And, and uh, doctors didn't treat it with the respect they should have because they were like, this guy is young and looks relatively healthy. And he's going to be fine. And I guess he didn't mention I just beat cancer. But uh, anyway, problematic. But we should be all right. Uh, we're young-ish <laughs> and relatively healthy. So it should be okay. Um, And really, all it's doing uh, is just pissing me off, basically. Okay. Because uh, we get stories like we did last week uh, from the Baltimore Police Department slash uh, State's Attorney's Attorney's Office. Office. Yeah. You 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 found the story. I want go ahead. I don't want to try. I I conserve my energy. I can't be yelling at. Well, so so basically, uh, there's a lot of people in jail who are in for uh, nonviolent offenses, and uh, the state's attorney's office decided that uh, we're just going to drop all these cases. Yeah, and just let all these people go uh, because it doesn't benefit us to have a whole bunch of like otherwise healthy people in the jail getting all sick 
Yeah, no, so, less bodies. Less yeah. bodies in the prison. The prison that's being run by the BGF. Yeah. You know. So uh, that's good that a bunch of people were just let off. Yeah. I mean, sort of. I mean, like, I kind of wish that it wasn't everybody because I feel like there was probably a couple bad apples in the bunch, if you will. Yeah. Um, but remember. So I would have liked it if it was more of a case by case. Our system is built so that 12 guilty men go free for one innocent man spends a day in prison. And what I take from this is, yes, there were probably some bad apples. They got them on a minor charge, but that's because they haven't been able to make a major charge stick yet. Yeah. Work better on the major charges, and then that doesn't happen. Yeah. But to me, I just see in that, oh, what you're saying is none of these people should have been in jail to begin with, because if they're safe enough for society now, they were safe enough two weeks ago and two months ago and a year ago. And you've just decided that well, in I mean, the event of a crisis, we're going to let them out. You you can make the argument, really, that uh, just judging off of sort of like the cash bail system and how that whole thing has been playing itself out, that most people, regardless of whether or not they pay bail, will come back to court. Like, it doesn't behoove yeah. anybody yep. to uh, not come. Because <laughs> you just get a warrant, a bench warrant, if you don't show up. And people and then, who put up bail and run still put up bail and run. They yeah. don't care. They just have their parents' house as collateral. Yeah. And then <laughs> they convince someone to put up collateral for them. Yeah. Because they manipulate people as people, you know, drug addicts or drug dealers do. And then they run anyway. But then you get somebody who's like a normal taxpaying American who's going to say, if I put up bail or not, I'm still going to show up for court. It doesn't really matter either yeah. way. Um, so, but I mean, like, there's, there's just a ton of these that are just flying out the window. Like, uh, you know, the, the, uh, people were all of a sudden able to bring more Purell onto the plane. 12 all ounces of all of yeah. a sudden. Although, by the way, Purell has kind of the same consistency as the prerequisites to plastic explosives. So if I brought Purell and another smaller three-ounce jug of something else and mix them together, not Purell, but something that looked like Purell, yeah. Purell mix them together, it's the same danger. By the way, three, three ounces and three ounces is also dangerous. That yeah. doesn't matter. It's a bullshit rule. But... It, uh, Alcohol <laughs> deliveries in Maryland. That's what I really like is that uh, th- there's a lot of places that are struggling uh, because they're closed to the carry or the uh, dine-in audience. Uh, and a lot of bars have been given permission for the time being that mm-hmm. if somebody orders food, they can also order a drink yeah. to go. You can't order just drinks. Right. But you can order drinks if to I, go. If I called up High Tops, I could order a burger and a margarita, yep. and I could take those both to go and take them home and eat them and drink the margarita. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't allowed to do this a couple weeks ago because of Maryland law. And I wouldn't fact, even be able to buy liquor from someplace on Sunday. Right. I was like, places like uh, the Firehouse... They yeah. have to have the store and the bar separate right, right. because that makes sense somehow. Right. But, uh, you know, that rules out the window now, too, because the store has to close. No, the bar has to close, but the store can right. remain open because alcohol sales are essential. Yeah. I love America so much. <laughs> oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw Gavin Newsom. The clarified. number of things that are essential. By Gavin the way. Newsom clarified. Marijuana sales are essential services. Oh, good. So no Woo! concerns about that. Uh, We're gonna have some angry potheads on our on our. Uh... And I just gonna say, I it's I forget what comedian posted it, but uh, it was just like, if we made um, weed, I guess where it applies because he's in California, so we said weed, weed, alcohol, caffeine, and caffeine and nicotine. If we outlawed that for one week, 
you'd have to bring out the tanks. <laughs> and that's what they're like, oh, shit. Okay, so we've made a grievous error here. How can we adjust it? Uh, oh, you can deliver alcohol so long as there's also food. Including, by the way, a story from Louisiana that some place was doing buy a slider, 35-ounce margarita, <laughs> and you pay, strangely, the cost of a 35-ounce margarita if you bought it in store. Very weird. <laughs> and they were delivering it to you if you lived in the neighborhood of the bar. And I'm just like, so we're people just are, making shit up. People as are getting the slider and they're just like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we literally are just making things up as we go along. And I guess that's fine for, you know, people, but I feel like a government should probably have its shit together more than that. But blue laws are out the door. I'll say this, uh, just because we're about to get into uh, Trump stuff in a little bit here. Uh, I I think that (laughs) what's amazing to me is I'm watching speeches from governors. So, like, uh, Gavin Newsom was uh, uh, on TV a couple days ago. I watched his. Mm Uh, I've been seeing Larry Hogan's pop up on my Facebook and stuff like that. I've seen Cuomo a lot. Uh, and all these guys are doing a tremendous job of not only like sort of showing strength, but like a, we got this. Yeah. We've been Newsom, you know, we can make fun of these people all we want for different things. But I mean, like at least in this regard, you know, Newsom is sort of like, we've been planning for something like this to happen for a while. Not like we thought it was going to happen, but we were preparing Just ourselves prepared. for the eventuality. Yeah. Garcetti as well, for what it's worth. Garcetti yeah. has looked um, like he's in control of the situation. Better right. Than de Blasio, anyway. And I mean, like, you know, it, it it's a uh, sharp contrast from how Trump has been acting throughout this whole process. And I mean, like, I feel like, you know, we, it, we, we want to go all partisan all these days about, like, you know, like if you say an unkind word about Trump, then you're not a real Republican or something like yeah. that. But like, look at, you know, Hogan, <laughs> look at other Republicans in states all across the country who are stepping up and doing the, the right thing. And, you know, like uh, Ron DeSantis in, in Florida, uh, another Republican governor who is just like begging people to get off the beach. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't make me send the cops out. And like, I will send Brent the Brent. National Guard out <laughs> there. Uh, but by the way, uh, I hate that I'm so jaded because I... While I'm you're talking, I'm remembering that like, oh yeah, you're right. They did. There's so much power and made me feel so like I was safe. And then the thought occurred, and now I can't get rid of it. Oh yeah, all these guys are running in 2024, so yeah. they're just putting themselves out there as strong executives to run in 2024. It has nothing to do with people or caring about people or anything else. I mean, maybe a little bit of it, but most of it is I need to get out in front of this and be America's governor, so that when I run for president in four years. That, you know, uh, I'll be that guy. You know what one... I mean, Trump can't really pull this off anyway, but I would say one of the things that I feel like has really separated some of these governors, and it's weird, like, uh, uh, mental trick your yeah. mind plays on you, is that, like, Newsom looks good in a suit. Like, yep. he's a good-looking guy. He's trim. Like, he's got a good body for a suit. He looks good not in a suit, though, too. Oh, I know, but yeah. I'm saying, like, when he comes out with the suit on, you're yeah. just, like, confidence. You're just like, this guy knows what's up because he's he's put together. Yeah. And then there's, like, Hogan you see in the suit, and then also recently you've seen him a lot in, like, this, like, tactical vest. Yeah. Like, this yeah. Maryland-themed tactical vest with, like, the logo. Like, it's, like, the National Guard logo. I got a lot like, of pockets. <laughs> I'm doing things. Yeah, I'm like, not. I didn't have time for the whole suit. I just put on my tactical vest today. <laughs> and it's, like, he looks like a sheriff in a small town, like, who, like, like the guy who really knows what he's like, the one who keeps the whole town together. That like is, it's a hundred percent small town sheriff. That's, yeah, and it, I, 
we, as you're talking, I'm realizing that's the, it's the, my sheriff. Yeah. I'm getting the sense of safety of like being 12 and seeing the sheriff like, oh, we had a flood or we had a tornado come through. But I see the sheriff there with his blue vest on. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we're all right. There's a man in control. He like. actually lived around the corner from me. So yeah. like it was very much like I know you and I know I'm cool now. Right. God, these guys. Really good PR guys. Really yeah. good PR guys. I was saying the problem with Trump is that no matter what, <laughs> he's got to show up in that dumpy ass suit. Like he never looks like you never watch Trump like walk into a room and just be like, man, look at that dynamic go getter. Like if you do get swept away in a flood, though. That tie is like nine feet long. He could throw it to you and pull you back. It's in. a grappling hook. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but one thing he doesn't have a uh, very good handle on is uh, the economy, which is funny because, you know. That's how he got elected. That's why we were letting him get away with so much <laughs> shit for so long. Jesus Christ. Uh, by the way, I just love the ter- uh, another thing. Uh, seeing my super Republican friends say positive things about Gavin Newsom yeah. and uh, Cuomo and just being like, I'm not going to interrupt you, but I'm thinking this and you don't know this. You don't know he's a Democrat. And <laughs> I am really, really torn about whether or not I should tell you that. Because maybe you'll vote for a Democrat in 2024 if that's the case. Um but people who were like spouting all the pro-Trump stuff three months ago, yeah, and are now just saying the same thing you're saying, like, oh yeah, you know, like Hogan is super strong, and I see strong governors standing up all over. The-. Like, don't hear a lot of Trump stuff from you, and that's because what you were saying three months ago was, listen, foreign policy, Secretary of State, none of that matters. The economy is stronger than it's ever been. My job is secure. It. it- <laughs> About that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't even know where the stock market is right now. I know it was like 18 the last I saw it, but I think it had a humongous jump or humongous drop since then. Well, here's the Who problem. Who even knows? During but- the day, it dropped and rose, you know, huge amounts and then fell again. I do. I think it fell again at the end of the day. So here we go. NYSE current blue chip. 18.5 on the Dow Jones. down a big red number. Yeah. There's a big red number next to it. Well, let's see. Uh, Was this just the day? Is that graph the yeah. day? Oh Here's five God. years. Woo. So we got Trump here at yeah. 2016. Almost back down there. Up near in the general area of 20,000. Yep. Uh, uh, around Election Day. And then steady rise all the way up towards 30 where Corona hit. Yep. And then a Ooh. precipitous drop. Uh, God, that's almost a, a 50% drop. I think, though, that your uh, your point last week about the um, volatility of the markets, given the AI running it, that day, the up, down, up, down over the course of the day, just ridiculous. I mean, so part of the problem is that, like, there's there's a lot of people who are right now uh, understandably nervous about the uh, look, uh, how their stock portfolio portfolio looks and. uh I think there's a lot of people making nervous trades right now, and the AI seems to be picking up on it. Yeah. And seems to be realizing when a number is getting pushed on a short term because of, like, over-anxious trading. Yep. And then being able to divest of their interest in that and be able to pick it back up later once it drops down. I mean, Trump was, for a while there, the king of this actual move. Where yep, he would take say, advantage of it. Yeah. He would say, uh, uh, oh, uh... He used to do it sort of in the reverse, though. He would wait until a company was doing really terrible. <laughs> he'd buy a bunch of their stock. Yeah. And then he'd say, oh, I'm thinking about buying United. And Already having like, bought it. Yeah. 
And then the stock would go crazy because people are just like, oh, my God, Trump's thinking about buying United. And then it would go up and up and up and up. And then he'd sell. Yeah. <laughs> and like he would just like wait for it to go up a little bit and then sell it off. And then sometimes it works. Sometimes it didn't. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the problem is that we're uh, everything from in that five year gap that I was talking about is. I, I don't have a definitive number to put on it. But I'm going to say like somewhere in the area of probably 80% of trades feel like they're happening. Yep. And like huge, big money dynamic buys by AI and people who are running said AI in like sheds in New Jersey, basically. But <laughs> like, they're running a whole fund. So they have billions of dollars that they can invest at any one time. And yeah. so they can make million dollar moves divesting. And then, like I said... If you have a computer that's fast enough, you can bet or, or divest at the high point, bet against the fall, yeah. and then reinvest when it falls just enough. And now you've made profit at all three stages of that cycle. Right. And that day graph shows me divesture, betting against, and then buying back, which causes a rally, and then divesting, betting against, and, and just it's going to keep repeating as long as we let machine learning uh, run and we can't blame the damn machines they're doing exactly what they were programmed to do yeah and without traders on the floor this is the only thing that's controlling the market well but right the now. problem is that the traders on the floor aren't like all the traders on the floor are not equal to what a computer is doing right. on its own like yep. that's that's part of the problem and nobody knows exactly what the computer is doing on its own. so i mean like you know part of the part of what happened with the uh the stock collapse you know, like way back in 1997, no, uh, 31, 31. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is that it was it, it like people basically <laughs> panicked. Yeah. Like you see somebody selling and you're like, everybody sold something. at the same exact fucking time yeah. and nobody was buying and the whole thing just collapsed. Uh, I don't imagine that we're going to get to the same, to that same level, but you never know if the machine is just have some sort of like kill structure involved if it falls too far you know but again the like, thing that we learned in the 1920s is that it doesn't kill the economy it just kills capital yeah uh which might be uh killing the economy if the republicans get their way and they want to give all the bailout money only to capital and yeah. none to labor so i mean it, it's a it's a complicated uh, thing to thread now because, wait, wait hold on you're saying that the economy is complicated <laughs> well, because trump seemed to make it seem like it was very easy well no i mean like uh, just sort of speaking about the the dueling bills that are being worked out in uh, the congress and the senate right now mm. uh, obviously the republican version is very pro-business and the uh democratic version is very pro-labor uh i think that there needs to be uh, there there will be a time where these two sides need to come together and be a little bit bipartisan for a change. Sure. And actually sort of meet in the middle here somewhere. Um, but I would say that there are things that each side wants that they're going to have to, like, just give up. Yeah. Like, for instance, uh, part of the Democratic plan was uh, there would be a lot of restrictions on how the business could operate if they took a 0% interest loan from the government. So say you're Delta, right? Mm -hmm. And you take a large loan at 0% interest from the government to get through this period of time. You got to keep 90% of your employees. Uh, you have to uh, freeze CEO pay or like high end pay for two years. And then there's also 
five years of no stock buybacks or dividends or anything like that. And some of that uh, makes sense. But I mean, like, Lessons it's like learn from the big short. Like, I, I feel like I, I, stock buybacks is an easy one because that does nothing but but <laughs> artificially inflate the value of the company that you own. Yeah. But I mean, dividends is like one of those ones that I don't know if I would necessarily like because you're kind of lumping in people who own stocks as the one who gets punished there. Like as opposed to the business itself, you know, you don't want them spending money on dividends when they're not when they're firing their entire workforce. Right. But I don't think you should necessarily punish somebody from from one of these companies giving money back to investors if they are in a place where they can do so. Yes. But But there would need to be restrictions in place to when you would be allowed to give those dividends. Learning the lessons from 2008 and I guess 2012 in minor minor in a minor degree, just saying what what the companies did is they made massive profits after the bailouts. Yeah. Increased CEO and, you know, board pay. And then when they didn't pay a dividend, we're like, oh, where are we going to come up with dividends? Uh, all right, we're going to fire a bunch of people yeah. and then use that money to pay dividends. So although it doesn't seem fair to the investors, it's a way of saying if you have to keep the workforce and you can't pay dividends and you have to lock it, it like locks every single gate. That right. Force got out the last time. Right. But I'm saying like the the there there's a lot of there's a lot of people right now who might not be struggling in the sense that like they, they have the next couple months paid for. They have enough mm-hmm. money in the bank that they can they can survive without maybe having to go to work for a little while. Um and these people might also own stocks and their the value of their stock portfolio probably went down by 50% or more in yeah. the last couple years here. So, or in the last uh, couple weeks here. So, it's hard for us to to really say that uh these people shouldn't be allowed to see some sort of income from the money that they put in pre-corona back, but I do think, you know, like it's it, it shouldn't be just like a a general like throw out the throw out dividends. It should be if you can have dividends, if you only meet these particular points. Well, maybe, though, this is a smart move because they are putting something out there that they're willing to give on, which it seems like a lot of the people who I stand on the side of just don't do. They ask yeah. for the three things that they really want <laughs> and nothing else. And then they're forced to give right. up something they want in a negotiation. So maybe it's a smart way to do it. I mean, I, I'm 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 willing to see where this goes. But the problem is that I'm not. Oh, problem is it dead in the water because well, Mitch McConnell's uh, no, not going to do it. The problem is that we're 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 dealing with so many people who are like, uh, uh, it was the David Pluff line, like never let a good scandal get away from you. Yeah, like it, it feels like the the Republicans see an opportunity here to take one more like win for Wall Street and big business and say that what they're doing is helping Americans. Yeah, and yeah. nobody's going to pay attention, kind of thing. Um. But uh, at the same time, I don't uh, like we talked about cowardly Democrats and I I just feel like they're out there more than ever because they're probably getting calls from their constituents going, you know, I live in Los Angeles. How the fuck am I supposed to pay rent? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, well, but the the law is getting rolled back. There are no more evictions in California. Right. But they'll kick you the fuck out eventually. But right now you're good. But I mean, like it's it, you know, New York went through. uh uh, like a rent freeze or what? What was it? Uh, 
like where basically this month doesn't count for mortgages. And oh rent. yeah, yeah. Like uh, forgiveness. I guess it's forgiveness, but uh, it was another another term they used for it. But I mean, like essentially, like this month doesn't count. You're yeah. living rent free for this month only, and we're gonna figure it out. But you know, like uh, you don't have to you don't have to write a check to your landlord. Is it a holiday? Not a holiday. Well, I mean, like I guess a tax holiday is kind of like yeah what they would do on a business side, like if you were mm. given an exemption for a while. Yeah. I, can't, I, I mean, I'm trying to remember. I know I read the story about it. But I, I mean, like, that's story. how they would get the, the trade on the other side is basically, you know, whatever you would be getting in, in rent for that one month that you're not collecting. Yeah. Like, you know, our building, like it, they would be able to say, you know, like you're going to get that amount sort of forgiven in, in taxes you owe. Yeah. For the time that you weren't able to collect. Uh, and it should work out evenly and you don't have to kick people out. And there doesn't but have they to actually be will. the physical exchange of, hand, you know. Yeah. You're going to get the money. It's like any tax break. You're going to get yeah. the money eventually. Right. Buy the car now. And then when you file taxes next year, you'll get some money back. Right. And it'll make the car much cheaper, but only in the long term, not right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, some people were more about making their money right now. And some of those people are fucking senators yeah. of the United States. So... Uh- <laughs> Uh, we let's uh, tell me uh, tell me at what point you hear a crime. Okay, okay. Rob, go ahead. Yeah, let's uh, do this. Richard Burr is uh one of the chairs of the uh, oh God, what is House it? House Intel Committee. House Intel Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he, wait, Senate Intel Committee. Senate. Senate, yeah, obviously. Uh, he gets the same security briefings that Trump gets mm-hmm. every single day. Um, and in January he was warned that Corona is coming to the u.s mm-hmm. there is absolutely nothing we can do to stop it it will hit and uh how prepared we are is the difference in how many lives we save and how hard we get slammed okay yeah um no, no crime yet <laughs> right um he took that information and he sold <laughs> up to 1.8 million dollars worth of stock yeah uh and then he went on Fox News and told everyone it's going to be fine. Don't worry. This is a big hoax. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't concern yourself with it. And then he went to a uh, fundraising thing where he told a, whole, a bunch of high dollar donors that uh, they should really prepare for their Corona thing because mm-hmm. it's going to ravish the economy. And then went back on Fox News and said, it's no big deal. I don't understand what the big the big fuss is. Everyone should go out to a restaurant. Mm. And then uh, it all came exposed this week. So, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the moment you do something with information you have that no one else has. Yeah. That's when the crime gets committed. Unless you're a Republican in government. Then I can't say that any crimes actually been committed. Well, his his argument was I was only going off of the publicly known information at the time mm. uh and mm. i guess you could make the argument that there was some people who knew about corona in january i bought a mask yeah i anticipated so it. maybe burr was doing the same thing as but you wait, were but i don't think burr is as smart as me <laughs> i'm just gonna go off and say a republican senator is probably not as smart yeah. as i am um and he probably isn't doesn't have the forethought that i do um so i'm gonna defer to he used insider information to make money. I I the way I know that he's guilty is that he opened himself up for a investigation by the Senate Financial. Yeah. Like can we do this before November? That would be fantastic. Can we just get, get this wrapped up? I mean, do you want to do it tomorrow afternoon? I mean, just a couple questions. I didn't uh, do anything, I'm right? Ready to We're good. Time. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, now is him not fighting it is almost evidence of guilt. 
because it's like <laughs> I want I want this group that let Trump off to be my judge and judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we get to that? That'd be fantastic. Well, the other one is uh, Lawfare. I can't remember where she's from and what her first name is. So. Uh, Georgia is what I think you said earlier. I believe that was correct. And she was appointed to a seat. She didn't actually run and win the seat. Right. For maybe her husband. Kelly Loeffler. Kelly, yeah. Oh, Georgia, yeah. She was born in Illinois. That's what threw me off. Steel trap. Um, Her husband, just uh, uh, in case you were wondering what kind of uh, know-nothing job he must have mm-hmm. if your wife's a senator, yeah. is uh, the chairman and CEO of the New York Stock Exchange. Ah, ah. Um, and much like... Mr. Burr, she yeah. also uh, rid herself of a lot of stock mm-hmm. uh, and uh, decided to buy some telecom, specifically telecom relating to well, video communication that people are using extensively during this uh, corona. There's nothing about corona that would suggest that telecom stock would go up. Uh, you know. Well, the other the other really interesting thing is that uh technically speaking when she joined or when she joined the Senate, she put all of her assets into a blind trust. Right. Which to people who don't know is like uh I'm going to be a senator. I can't manage my own in- my own uh stocks because people will say I'm pulling the levers for the things that I want to what Burr benefit should me. have done yes. with his stock. Uh yeah. so I give it to Rob and mm-hmm. I say Rob manage my money while I'm Senator. Great. Now, if only and I had information. There should be me. hypothetically in, in a in a real world scenario where everyone should be trusted. There would be a Chinese wall between us mm-hmm. where I could have conversation with Rob. I could have conversations with him about the stock market, mm-hmm. but I can't specifically say things. Now is a good time to drop all my Ford stock because yep. I'm about to have the CEO next week for a uh, sit down. It's going to be a bad. <laughs> it's going to be a bad day for Ford. Yeah. Um. That is against the law. That is the violation of the Chinese wall. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Lef- uh, Leffler's thing, uh, the interesting part of hers was the, it was put in the blind trust and uh, there was never a sale. Hmm. Never, No stock had been moved hmm. at any point. Right up until now. Uh, and then all of a sudden in January, a lot of stock moves <laughs> at once. And you know what? There was. Uh, I'll, I'll say this because the, the information was moving kind of fast this weekend. Uh, I may have said a couple unkind words about other senators who were sort of involved in the story during the first part. Uh, for instance, Diane Feinstein, who has <laughs> negative things about in private. I guess I don't know why I'm a, uh, she's a bitch. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, she uh, also sold a lot of stock in January, hmm. but uh, actually all of hers was telecom. So she <laughs> lost that. <laughs> So the argument that she was doing this to enrich herself. She was, However, she made a pretty bad gamble if that was her. There were supposed to be hearings on um uh internet freedom, right? Isn't that coming back up again? No, they don't want to touch that shit. Ah, I felt like there were supposed there was hearings scheduled for this spring, like no, uh, they're, maybe not. We're we're in the period right now where it's let's keep uh anything relating to do with net neutrality or anything related to it off the off the the public eye yeah p.s because everybody. right now we're doing nice things like if you're a verizon customer you get disney plus for free or you mm. get spotify if you sign up for t-mobile by the way i don't know if you got the message of unlimited calling mm. so i have unlimited calling anyway to verizon customers who is basically everybody i know yeah but i got a text specifically from them that said 
all calling during this period will be considered unlimited calling. So they're not charging me for any of the like four phone calls I make a <laughs> to the Postmates driver who has T-Mobile. Um, but yeah, so I mean, like, th- there's a lot of nice stuff going on. But listen, guys, um, imagine if you could work from home during Corona, but only if you had connectivity that would allow you to dynamically work your job from home. Yeah, and you know, uh, you, whatever company you chose hadn't paid. Whatever bill they that AT and T or Verizon or uh, Google or Comcast had thought was due, so they slowed your bandwidth, and your boss just says, "Listen, you aren't get you can't video chat because you don't have the bandwidth. You can't run your uh, whatever special portal that we have mm-hmm. from home. So I need you to come in." That is the difference between net neutrality and non net neutrality. Could be your very life yeah. if you're not allowed to work from home or not. Uh, so don't be like me. Don't just keep going to work. <laughs> um, <coughs> I think I got the black lung pop. You were in those mines for one day, Derek. <laughs> Come back after 30 years. Mm. God, I love that line. Yeah. Um, I joke, but I uh, really feel kind of slap happy right now. <laughs> um, last thing. Mm? Uh, just just a little bit more on Trump before we get out of here. Sure. I, I don't get... Why? I mean, there's a lot of conversations that have been happening, a lot of articles that have been written about how medical experts have been walking up to him and telling him very directly what he needs to say. And then him not saying that. Oh, I like (laughs) the the face palm in the back of the. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, he he also had a a statement where he's just like, I can't tackle him in front of the mic. I yeah. can't tackle the mic away from him. Like, what am I supposed to do? I have to wait until I'm called up there, and then I'm just like, uh, yeah, so lots of great stuff by the president, but a couple things I'd like to point out. Yes, you could tackle him. <laughs> Only once, but you could do it. We'd let you get away with it. I mean, what jury is going to convict you? Now, to be fair, you'll be black bagged and sent to Guantanamo, and you'll never actually get a jury, but what jury would convict you? In well, there's also the thing with the DOJ's trying to throw out due process. <laughs> oh, Yes. <laughs> That's the dirty side of the bullshit laws that don't apply. Apparently, they're treating the Constitution like bullshit laws. <laughs> My favorite part of the, like, uh, when there's a horrible situation like this is the the one person who's just like, how evil can I get right now? Like, what? Should we just say should we just say the no due process anymore and we'll decide when it comes back and then never let it come back? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we did it before during Civil War. Mm-hmm. Lincoln did it. And the argument from all sides in Congress at that point was, this is very dangerous. And we're setting a precedent where at some point, some president may say, this is as dangerous as the Civil War and we should do this. And here we are. And Donald Trump is the one. Abraham Lincoln, I just want you to know from the great beyond, you have given Donald Trump the authority to take away due process. I'm amazed, too, during these uh, daily press conferences that he's having now. Uh, because he can't have rallies. Yeah. Uh, how how horrible he is at, at this. It just uh, purely from the there's a there's a reporter lobbying you the softest of softballs, mm-hmm. and you decide to take this opportunity to like fucking slam it. Down. Yeah. <laughs> like, spike the ball in his face. Like 
the Wonder Reporter is just like, what do you say to all the people who are worried and like they don't have, you know, they, they just got fired from their jobs and they don't know how they're going to pay their bills and be like, you're an awful reporter. That's a terrible question. It's just like, no, man, come that on. Was, that was a, that was the setup to whatever line you practice before you came all, out here. All you have to do is be like, I hurt so hard for all the Americans who are going through any kind of pain right now. Like that Clinton yeah. was so good at this. Like, yes. Like all he had wait, to wait, do- Bill, not Hillary, not <laughs> yeah. Hillary. Hillary, very bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary would hear about your problems and tell you about you have to have Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry you have Corona. If only you would have Pokemon gone to the polls. Uh, <laughs> am I president yet? Is this how I do? Am I there president? yet? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Isn't uh, this a coronation? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of places where you can't vote for presidential elections and where you can go. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Just wait. Pete Buttigieg is hard at work on it. Net neutrality. One of these days. Anyway, where's that? Over the anthem.com. Cordo the anthem.com. Over the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line. 443 219 7595. What's that number again? 443 219 7595. Uh, trying out a little something different. I'll tell you about this after the fact. Okay. See what your thoughts are. But uh, is it uh, doing a good review and not a pretentious one? <laughs> <laughs> it's a normal Corey Baker review. So I guess if you want to call that pretentious, then pretentious it is. Here's uh, my favorite thing. Corey is like so brave on on camera and on mic. But then like you get those moments where I know he's like, one, you should know that I'm just teasing you. Yeah. Always. But uh, then he's just like, so, uh, like, do you really think that it's super pretentious? And I'm like, no, I'm just like busting your balls about it. Like, you know, the whole thing is just, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> you, I worry sometimes because, like, you know, like, there's that, uh, sometimes when people get super famous, like, the, nobody's telling Kanye West he can't do something. And they and, like, should. They and, absolutely should. Kanye's be. like, yo, I'm going to have this, the vocals just all be goats. Like everyone around him is just like, great idea, Kanye. Yeah. It's like I, I would want at least the one person if it, if you're constantly saying like, you know, like your shit's pretentious. And I'm just like, are you are you seriously? <laughs> I just want to check. I just want to make sure I don't want to I don't be Kanye over here just making my goat thing. And uh, it, it's only can be it has to be pretentious because on the other side of that is the non pretentious ones. That's the only thing. Wait, which one? I mean, the Everyman movie review. Oh. But here, finish your thing first. Go ahead. You well, were saying something. No, no, it's just uh, go see the uh, go see the hunt review. Uh, it's up, and yeah, I'm gonna be doing more reviews of the back catalog. I think here shortly. Corey Baker Filmmaker.com. Corey Baker. I did that one already. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, but Corey Baker Filmmaker.com. What do I? I'm a little slap happy. So <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Forgive me. Anyway, now you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. Make sure you check out Robert and Cheek. Oh, wait, no, you can't. Uh, RobertandCheek.com is down for a while. I have to teach myself Dreamweaver because I have time to do that. Uh, but you can find uh, the Everyman Movie Reviews, which are the non-pretentious <laughs> movie reviews. Uh, the They're for every man. That's why I called it that. At uh, YouTube.com forward slash Rob Cheek. Uh, you can check out the books on Amazon. Barrow's Books. Thank you. Uh, Amazon Authors page. Just search for Robert N. Period Cheek and you'll find that. Uh, all those links are available on all the social media. Uh, I felt like there was something else. Shit. Oh, yeah. SoundCloud.com forward slash Robert N. Cheek. Oh, and yeah. You where, you can, where you can hear Panic at the Costco. <laughs> it's, so, it's so dumb. It's really so dumb. You should not. You absolutely should. 
but don't. Um, I mean, do, but you know, just know what you're getting into. I for. saw I, uh, earlier this week, uh, just cruising through Facebook as mm-hmm. I tend to do. I saw somebody put up another song with fake Corona lyrics. Yeah, and I was just like, oh god, I hope Rob doesn't find this. Oh yeah, no, uh, already working is, on the follow up. He is not going to be able to handle this Bohemian Rhapsody version <laughs> of the coronavirus. <laughs> Galileo, Galileo. <laughs> coronavirus, coronavirus. Oh. It probably took everything I had. Uh, but yeah, so we're working on the follow-up. And as soon as my chest congestion here uh, clears up, I'm uh, going to be singing the follow-up. But in the meantime, I have another track coming this week. So keep an eye out. SoundCloud.com forward slash Robert and Chico. Hooray. <laughs> and it's just as terrible as the first one. Well, I think we've done good here today. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> we've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Hopefully, stay safe, please, everybody. Just stay home. Yes, do stay home. Oh don't, yeah, we never even mentioned we're in quarantine here in LA. Don't be those spring baked douchebags. Yeah, <laughs> uh, don't give us a bad name. You listen to us. You're smart people. Stay at home. Don't don't be dumb and don't get sick like me. And if you do, <laughs> just uh, give it to Corey. <laughs> Just give it to Corey. <laughs> yeah, that's for me. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully I'll see you guys next week. Bye.